This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada, Toronto, wherever you're listening, whether it's TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, and welcome to an edition of GTC on a Monday. The gang is all here. I'm just trying to wake myself up from the coma that was the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. I mean, okay, guys, let's just start there. Bob, Adam, good morning to you. Bob, I'm all, I'm over the team event. I'm over it. I called it for four days. I feel like, okay, you had some walk-up music on the Saturday. I get it. I know you're trying to, like, differentiate yourself from the rest of the tour. It's a hard spot on the schedule. Yada, 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 yada. The shine's worn off for me. That was a hard four days. How, how are you on this one? I didn't mind it, actually. I kind of enjoyed the fun of it a little bit, to be honest with you. I wasn't calling it, though, so I didn't have to be there 24-7. But uh, I like it once or twice a year, and I think it, uh, it was fun in a lot of different ways. And it was fun to see the players, especially on Sunday, with the alternate shot, uh, try to battle through and not cringe when they missed one for their partner. Uh, there were a couple of moments down the stretch. Garrick Higo, for instance, hitting it into the water on 18, I think, uh, with Louis Eustazen, which dropped them down a spot. And just a few things like that. I thought it was a nice nice week for difference. I'd love to see, what I would love to see, though, is the return of the uh, LPGA-PGA Tour combination. So one man, one woman. That would be the best one, I think, that could uh, that could supersede this one even. Well, they talked about, you know, doing more joint marketing, joint this. Remember the huge announcement about four or five years ago? And really nothing has come of it. You know, I thought after the announcement four or five years ago, we might see something to what you're outlining. I thought we might see uh, maybe a, an LPGA event at the stadium course at Sawgrass. I, I was expecting all these things that made sense, and, and nothing has really happened from it. Um, so, you know, maybe time will tell. Uh, one one quick thing before I, because I want to get Adam's opinion on this, but I mean, you hit on the alternate shot. I, I think if they didn't do anything drastic, like you say, with LPGA, PGA Tour, yada, yada, if they just kept it the way it is, I think I'd enjoy this, Bob, more if it was just four days of alternate shot. Yeah, yeah, something like that would be kind of fun. I think it's it's uh, I think it's so much so tough to play that format with the golfers and, of course, all about never having to say you're sorry kind of uh in, for the guys playing it it's it's a more of a mental challenge than they get any week in and week out the all the the better ball the guys get to go low obviously and that's not bad it's fun to watch them make birdies but i i'm with you adam you text me while i was kind of on the air uh broadcasting this week and you were like something's got to give here we we need a change we need something so i know you're kind of where i am on this where you know, I understand, again, they're trying to make it different. It's hard, you know. There's how many events? 45 weeks on the PGA Tour. There might be more if you include opposite field events. Um, you know, it's nearing 50 weeks where they're playing golf that, that of some type that, that's supposed to mean something. That doesn't include DP World Tour. doesn't include, you know, President's Cup or Ryder Cup, depending on what year we're in. What would you do here? Would you do something like... Do you have any ideas outside of, of engaging LPGA or going four days of alternate? 
Yeah, I, I love the LPGA idea for sure. Um, how about adding a scramble day? Just make it an all-out two-man scramble where, I, I mean, I, I alternate shots, great. You have to incorporate so many different factors, like the ball. Whose ball are you going to use? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, the, the better ball is great. I, I love seeing guys go low. But how about, let's see a scramble. Let's see, you know, guys like A. Bryson DeChambeau or someone come in, a long driver, you know, try to hit, hit a bomb off a tee. And, you know, if he hits it in the water, you know, so be it. Next guy hits an iron sort of thing, like you would at, at your club, um, you know, playing in a, in, a, in a weekend event sort of thing. I, I think adding a scramble would add a different level to this tournament. But like I was saying to you yesterday, Mark, something was just a little flat, I would say. Yeah. Well, part of it might be the fact that Cantley and Shoffley pretty much ran away with this. They shot the first ever 59 in tournament history. We're going to get into it today. Uh, and we'll break it down a bit, and maybe we'll have some idea. I don't mind the scramble idea, Adam. I had that idea as well, and when I had the idea of scramble, I, I kind of came up, okay, so you either go very serious here and go four days of alternate shot and try to really grind this out and make this like a serious, painful thing where the PGA Tour players are on guard from Thursday morning to Sunday night, as they would be at a normal PGA Tour event, by the way, you know, very serious from start to finish, or you go the other way. And let's just play four different formats across four days. So interject the scramble along with best ball, along with alternate shot, and find another one and play another format, whatever that might be, whether it be a Texas scramble format or, or whatever it is. Shamble. And go and, and make a sham, yeah, and make it four days of complete, you know, fun. And one way or the other, this, this kind of feels in the middle, and, and we will see. We have a busy show. Bob went one-on-one -on -one with Bob Herrig. Now, uh, Bob, 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 <laughs> Bob's book coming out. Now, that's a, that is a new book on the history of Tiger, Phil, and their relationship and their rivalry. It is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh took him a long time. To, I don't think anyone has been as close to those guys or watched as much as of those two guys as Bob has, Bob Herrig. And uh took him about two years to write the book. Uh, of course, it fell right into the middle of COVID too, which made things even tougher. But I got the book on Sunday. It's actually not officially released until Tuesday, but it was at the on the table at my bookstore. So I bought it. And uh, just so far, the, the little bits that I've done, the first chapter is actually on the their uh, partnership at Oakland Hills. And oh, wow. It's, it's really good. So there's a lot of good stuff in here. If, you, uh, if you're a Tiger fan or a Phil fan or a Tiger hater and a Phil hater, uh, you're going to love this book. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing this interview. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Bob with Bob in hour two about the book and, and a bit about the project and uh, what to expect if you grab a co copy. Adam went one-on-one -on -one with Eileen Jursak, and the company is called Exonic. And let me get this straight, Adam. It is a real-time app that is almost like a caddy on your smartphone. Is that accurate? Yeah, so so Eileen reached out to me about about a month ago, trying to set up an interview for this, and it's it's an app on your phone, and basically gives you quick tips. You only have to film your swing once, and let's say you're on the golf course, you hit a you know you're hitting a couple of wicked slices, you hit the quick fix, and there's a couple tips there for you on that. So this seems like a pretty a pretty cool product, and and we'll hear from uh, from Eileen uh, and myself on that in about. 25 minutes from now at the bottom of the hour but let's get to it it's a busy one so let's hit it with some news and headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one 
All right, DP World Tour sends a notice uh, telling players, uh, you know, be prepared to say no to the the Live Golf Tour. Um, Bob, any surprise here that DP would then, you know, come out with this? And I love the Robert Garrigus kind of request to play if if uh, if the Saudi Golf League is prepared to launch a tour on the back of Robert Garrigus, this is uh, this is over before it starts. No big surprise. I think there's a uh, a combined team effort, team front being put up by PGA Tour, by uh, all the governing bodies, and now of course the DP Tour. And our old friend Keith Pelly sent out a pretty stern notice about it. Um, you know, the there's an understanding that there's going to be some more players who have requested uh, releases to play in this in this first event, which is going to be head to head with the uh, RBC Canadian Open. I don't think anybody's worried that they're going to steal anybody meaningful from the field. But there'll be a few few more names, and I think they I think it's the either May fifth or May eighth. The PGA Tour has to say yes, you can go, or no, you can't go. So that'll be an interesting day, and I'm sure we'll find out a few more names uh, in the coming days. If the PGA Tour at this point, Adam says buckles and gives them a one time, you know, exit plan here for a one off. I mean, that would be a huge mistake in my opinion, and would be just shocking after you know their current position and the dp tours current position and one of the names that currently tied to this now is all of a sudden bubba watson i heard this week as well so we'll, we'll hear some names but we'll see and would you be surprised like i can't imagine pga tour changing their position on this yeah i can't imagine that either and, and you know bubba was part of the rumored names but he he went out and, and tweeted out his schedule where he, you know, he basically shut that down uh, in terms of he'll be at the RBC Canadian Open. And I'm still curious on who is actually going to play in these events. Like, are, like is Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter hip, hip, hooray? Like, let's let's start the promos now. Who who cares? I, like, I, I'm in that boat. Bob, what do you think? Well, the one interesting part about this is going to be the legal side of it. And is the PGA Tours turning these guys down for a one-off event? Because no, remember, this, the live stuff is no longer a golf league. It's a series of eight events or six events. So is it restraint of trade? And that's where I think the PGA Tour has to walk very carefully. They don't want to, um, like they gave these guys restraint, gave these guys okays to play in the Saudi tournament earlier this year. Why all of a sudden now would they stop? So I think there's some behind the scenes here it's more than just the player wanting to go I, I predict that the first event will have a really weak field but once they see the guy ranked 845th in the world picking up a check for two million dollars for finishing third or whatever it is there might be a few eyebrows going hmm, maybe this isn't such a bad idea maybe uh, if I'm only making you know sixty five thousand dollars a year on the corn ferry tour maybe this is a little way to go so it's I think the next few months are going to be a little more interesting than we think despite the fact that I think the fields will be very weak at start Bob you touched on stuff the legal side of this the labor side of this could this eventually lead to a PGA Tour union and a proper players union and in a way dissolve the independent contractor portion of this, which is really the legal asterisk to your point. Like if you're an independent contractor, uh, then, then there are certain labor laws that protect you in North America one of which is that, you know, in, in a way, an employer is not supposed to dictate to you your mobility, etc. I'm not a lawyer. I'm trying to give the layman's terms to our, right. to our audience here. But the way around that is to tear up the definition of independent contractor on the PGA Tour and turn that 
Players Council into representatives of a PGA Tour Players Union that would likely include the DP World Tour. The only thing there, and I'm certainly not a lawyer, the only thing there that I can see is that when you have a union, you know, the union then negotiates with the bosses. And in this case, the players are the bosses. The players essentially own the PGA Tour. Um, so I'm not sure how that works, but I think your basic, uh, you know, maybe we have the legal definitions of things wrong, but I think in your basic following, I think you're right. I think that the, that somehow they're going to have to join together and say we're either all in or we're, or we're going to have holes here. So I don't, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work out. But as I say, I think the next few months are going to be very interesting to see who actually does go and play in these tournaments. I'm not a lawyer, but I did play one on radio once. Steve Stricker <laughs> coming back next week. That's good to see Strick coming back. He uh, he was in the hospital. It was serious. Inflamed heart, uh, accelerated white blood cells. Uh, good that Stricker's back and healthy. Uh, everybody loves Steve Stricker. Okay, Jesse Mueller wins the PGA Club Championship. Congratulations to Jesse. And, Bob, this is news for two reasons. One, he and uh, 19 other players will gain access to the PGA Championship at Southern Hills in about a few weeks' time. And Arjun Atwal is not the winner, which is uh, part of this headline. Or, or is it, you mean Omar Uresti? Sorry, Omar Uresti. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, thank you. You knew who I was talking about. Yeah, the yeah. Old, the old man, yeah, who, you, who lived yeah. in Mississauga for a while. How many of those did he win? How you know that the old, man, the old man lived in, uh, in uh, Oakville for a little while. But you're right, you're yeah, kidding. he's uh, he's like the best club pro you'll ever see a guy who's pl- played a hundred times on the pga tour uh but i can't believe it was he even in the top 20 i didn't check i i don't know i don't think he played i think he finally uh maybe got the message and took a and and, and got <laughs> took a, took so it a, took a lot of heat for for winning that every year you know a tour pro exactly. goes and steal, steals his invite to the pga championship guys before we go to break more usga announcements now oakmont and Pinehurst number two will be joined by Pebble Beach Skulls. I know you're going to Pebble Beach later this year. I know you're super excited. It's now an anchor site of the U.S. Open along with Oakmont and, and, and Pinehurst number two. And it's going to host the U.S. Open amongst women's opens and other championships. And it looks like the U.S. Open is going to go every five years starting in 27 uh, on a five-year rota. There's a little gap there from 37 to 44, but there's quite a bit is the point, and the USGA has stuck their flag in the ground on a very iconic venue, obviously. Totally, yeah, totally very iconic venue at Pebble Beach. We've seen some great uh, U.S. Opens there. You know, you think of Tiger Woods, that historic victory, the most recent one uh, with Gary Woodland winning, Graham McDowell, of course, back in 2010. And you mentioned some of the other venues. It's great to see Pinehurst number two there because after after the, the, the renovation, we saw Martin Keimer run away and win by eight shots back in 2014. This, this is a very different golf course, the way it's set up with sort of um, native area and, and waste area instead of rough where you could get a really good lie or you could get a really brutal lie. So I, I'm pumped to see that and Oakmont as well uh, as a part of the Rota for the U.S. Open. All right. Well, we will see. And uh, you're right, Adam. Like, it's good to have these uh, special venues and put their head. And it feels to me that with the exception of like the odd one off, like we're going to go to L.A. Country Club next year, that the USGA is tightening the rotation similar to what an open championship rota looks like almost with the odd place, Bob, where someone's willing to cut a check. We always make an exception. They've got their events planned. They've got their events planned so far in advance. There are people who aren't even born yet who will play in the events where they've got them scheduled. It's unbelievable. PGA Championship as well, guys. I'm going uh, to Washington in a couple weeks to work the Wells Fargo, and I'm going to speak with some of the uh, 
people behind the scenes at uh, Congressional who did the redesign to get ready for the PGA Championship and Ryder Cup, which is still years and years and years away. It is unbelievable. All right, on the other side, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, their first victory of the season, and Bob's first TSN Edge win of the season. Bob pulls it out this week as well. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley win the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. A 59, the first 59 ever in the history of this tournament. And, of course, it's been five, six years now since they've gone to the two-man team format. The 59 came in the best ball portion of the championship. They followed it up with a 60 in round three, their other best ball. They really won this championship in the best ball format, basically, with rounds of 59 and 60. It was a bit of a parade. It's both their first victory of the year. And, of course, Cantley gets a victory after losing in a playoff the previous week which is very rare on the PGA Tour. It's Bob's first TSN Edge victory of the year. Bob is on the board in the winner's circle. Both Adam and I had Sam Burns and Billy Horschel, who finished two off the pace. It looks a little closer than it actually was. They end up losing by two, but really it never looked like Shoffley or Cantley wasn't going to win this, especially after Sam Burns rinsed the tee ball on 16, going for the par four. That kind of was the official end of this one. They followed it up with a bogey at 17, but still a good outing for Billy Horschel and Sam Burns, who the first time they played this event together finished eighth, then they finished fourth, now they've finished second so they keep cutting it in half there's only one place left for them to go before we get into it let's hear from our winners Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley yeah it was a great week Um, you know second time we played this event and we were looking forward to it since last year Um, we really always enjoy being with each other both on and off the golf course and we both played exceptional this week and had a great time doing it we've had a ton of fun uh, off the course as well as on and um it's just been, I was personally, and I think Pat was as well, looking forward to coming back, and we, we've done so many team things together that we just knew we are capable of doing better than last year, so uh, pretty happy with, with the turnout this week. Tale of two players here, really, Bob. They both contributed. They both check all the boxes. They've, you know, they've got very complete games. I, I think with Cantley and Shoffley, you could say neither one of these guys is the best in the world at anything in particular, but you could also say they're not extremely qualified in every facet of the game Cantley however this could be his third or this could easily have been his third or fourth win of the year RBC I mean Wasteman I mean the list he's played well across the board Shoffley though this in a way has come from nowhere he has been nowhere to be found Shoffley's been kind of flat this year to a surprise to think of a lot of people especially if you had him in your year-long pool Uh, I think that he he has 
since the Olympics, really, when he won the gold medal, he really hasn't performed all that well. It's not that he's been terrible by any means, but as you said, you know, he doesn't have one great part of his game. Both these guys are sort of the sum of the parts guys. And I think across the board, I was looking at his stats last night, they're all just a little bit lower uh, than he was a year ago. So I'm not sure if um, that's a big part of what happened here, if he just suddenly sort of played a little bit better or if Cantley carried him around a little bit. Uh, I do think that these guys have a good synergy. They play a lot of practice rounds together. They're friends. They've kind of got the same disposition, demeanor on the golf course. They're fairly quiet guys. They're not too demonstrative when they fist pump or anything like that. So they're a good fit, and I think that's almost as important as uh, how you're playing when you're getting into the the fine things about this, this uh, partnership and the way this tournament plays out. Adam, a no-brainer here for President's Cup and Ryder Cup for the next 12 years with uh, Shoffley and Cantley, the way this is looking. And, and if Cantley gets his putter working, guys, like he did uh, on a few a few nines in this tournament, it was every day he got hot with the putter for, for a stretch. I mean, on Saturday especially, I mean, if his putter warms up, look out, Cantley can just run you over, can he? Yeah, and we saw Cantlay get on that hot streak with his putter last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But as for Shoffley, to have eight runner-up finishes between official PGA Tour victories, great to see him break through. And he was even speaking later in his press conference how how Cantlay helped him calm down as Shoffley had really been in the been in the hick, been in the heat, been in the mix um, to win a PGA Tour event in some time. And yes, I know there's you know it's a team event; it's not quite the same as you know doing it by yourself. But a win is a win, and you know with the PGA Championship just down the road, the U.S. Open, a tournament Xander Shoffley's never finished outside the top ten in. Uh, you have to think Shoffley uh, is heating up just in the nick of time as the majors are just around the corner. Another great performance by Will Zalatoris, a, a nice 66 and alternate shot alongside uh, Davis Riley. He'll go top five again. He's done everything he could do but win a golf tournament. Hago and Grace with a, a rough finish uh, with the 73, but more great stuff from Garrick Hago really throughout the week. A big pitcher for the young left-hander. Uh, unfortunately, the Adams family uh, d- does not make the cut, but a nice uh, week for Michael Glickick, who does uh, make the cut and uh, finish in a tie for 36 alongside Ryan Armour. So at the end of the day, though, it's a Cantley victory and a Xander Shoffley victory, and we will expect a big summer now, I would expect, from both these guys. Cantley was already on the radar. I guess we have to put Shoffley now on that radar as well, to your point, Adam, considering his history with some of the majors around the corner. Okay, on the other side, what about an app? What about something you can have on your phone that you can go to that might be able to fix you right there or help you in the moment? Kind of like almost having your own personal caddy with you 24-7. Well, Adam's going to tell us about it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully Weeks. Lots still to get to. Some 20 weeks of TaylorMade news. Great interview Bob did with Bob Herrig 
regarding the new book on Tiger and Phil will have winners winner. Well, we're going to get you caught up in leaderboards from around the world of golf as well, as there was a ton of golf this week. I mean, PGA Tour, Latino America, Champions Tour, DP World Tour, LPGA. I mean, there was lots. But Adam, tee this up for us. The company is Exonic. The app is your quick tip caddy. I know you spoke uh, with Eileen, is it? And uh, give us the, uh, get, tee this up for us here, because this is the first time hearing of this. I know you told me this was coming, that you kind of stumbled across this and thought it was cool. And uh, give us uh, give us the lowdown here. Yeah, so sort of as we're getting ready for golf season here in the GTA, or some people have already played some golf. I know many of the private courses are opening up at some point this week. Maybe you're looking for that quick fix. You're 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 searching. You're gonna go out on the first tee and you know have dreams and aspirations of shooting your best round of your life, and it's probably probably not gonna happen for your first round of the year. But you never know. You never know. But let's say you're out there, you're struggling, you're on the seventh hole, and you think, man, I am slicing it so much. Or, you know, there's also also different features like there's some rules features on this app as well. There's so many different things on this app. It's called Exonic. And basically, you film your swing once. And from there, there's a lot of technology involved that's way too uh, intelligent for me. But there's a lot of technology involved to help your game uh, both on and off the golf course. And I had a chance to catch up with Eileen Jerzak, who is the founder and CEO of Exonic last week. Let's play that interview. And we're pleased to welcome the Exonic founder and CEO, Eileen Jerzak to Golf Talk. And Eileen, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Pleased to be here today. Absolutely. Okay. So for those who haven't heard of Exonic, give us an overview of what this is all about. Well, I got to tell you, Adam, I'm pretty excited because golfers have never seen anything like this. The ITQ is our first product, which we just launched. And it's the first golf's first AI-powered quick tip caddy tool. So what that is, is you download an app on your smartphone and it gives you instant PGA professional quick fixes and tips while you play. And they're customized to you and your swing. So just to give you an you know, example, so if you're out there having a, a decent round of golf and all of a sudden you start slicing your ball, you know, in the middle of an hour, you now no longer have to spend five holes struggling trying to figure out what went wrong and trying to fix it. The ITQ will give you instant help so you can get back to enjoying your game and play with confidence. I, one more item there I'd mention, there are no lessons or practice drills with, with the ITQ. The tips are designed to work right away. Wow, that's, uh, I, I'm, I think by the end of this interview, all of our listeners and viewers will be hitting download on the App Store uh, when yeah. hearing that. Okay, so tell us some of the technology behind this app. Right. Well, Exonic is the first company to invent and patent this artificial intelligence system for golf. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So our team of PGA professionals put together thousands of quick fixes and tips that were exclusively written for the ITQ. And how the ITQ works is it analyzes each golfer's unique swing signature and then instantly recognizes which of those fixes and tips are best suited to them. So the technology is quite fantastic. Um, it also has been designed, the ITQ has been designed to continuously learn and adapt to each golf for their swing and changing conditions. You know, Arnold Palmer had a quote, I, I don't know if you know this one, the swing your swing quote. And uh, it's, it's fairly famous quote. And we've got it up on our website because that's what the ITQ is all about. It's about 
giving fixes and tips to help golfers with their own swings. We're not trying to make you swing like a golf pro. This tool is to help you with your own swing. There's a lot of things you're saying right now that's making me more and more excited to get on the golf course here in the GTA. <laughs> Courses are slowly opening, hopefully very yeah. soon, or we're all yeah. out playing. So you, you mentioned it there, the swing signature. Walk us through what this means and why the user only has to post one swing. Right. So, you know, let's let's put it this way. So everyone has their own unique way of walking, right? And it's no different in golf. Your body in golf has a natural way it wants to move when you swing a golf club. And so that's what we call your overall swing signature. And what we found at Exonic is that that actually doesn't really change. It rarely changes over a golfer's career, not without tons of practice and coaching and a lot of effort, which most golfers, quite frankly, most amateur golfers don't really do. So that is really why, because we base the system on the golfer's overall swing signature platform, uh, that's why loading the videos up once at the beginning is enough. It's one face on swing, one down the line. So we have both videos. Now, you know, like I said, having said that, if you've been working with a coach to make fundamental changes to your swing, so we're talking hours of practice, months with a coach, then yes, then those players should update their videos. But for most players, once it's set up, will be enough. Okay, so there are a number of different categories on the app, quick fixes, quick tips, quick checks, quick rules. And you mentioned earlier, you know, if you're hitting a slice on the course, you want to fix that. How does that work while you're actually on the golf course? Right. Well, listen, it's it's quick and easy. All you do is you pull out your phone, you type in. uh, So in your case, uh, so it'll be the club that you're having an issue with. And then type in. Well, you, you click. It's all menu driven and icon driven. So it's very easy. You click slice, and then you get your instant uh, fix right away. And um, like I said, it's been designed so it does not hold up any play. Pace of play has been a huge concern. Uh, I'm a golfer. I made sure, so it's quick and easy. And it, it really is so quick. It does not interfere with your game at all. Wow, that's that's all unbelievable to hear. And one of the yeah. things I also I mean, mentioned uh, yeah, as well, uh, the rules. Because, you know, golf has a, a lot of different rules a lot of maybe finicky rules here and there that are a little excuse me unusual but this app can also help you if there are any questions with rules on the golf course that's correct well yeah so we just we threw that in there as a you know it's just something that i thought of too because you know golfers are always asking you and i'm in the course oh i mean you know i'm a i'm a a 10 handicap i've been playing all my life i mean is it two club lengths or one from the card path you know So I said, you know what, let's just put this in. So it's really just the most common rules that amateur golfers tend to refer to. And that's what's in this app. It's meant for casual play only. It's in very quick and easy to read format. So it just helps the average golfer when they're out there. If you have a tournament, you obviously need to refer to the official rules and your local rules. Well, and the great thing hearing all about this app is that it sounds like it can work for any skill level of player, whether you're a weekend warrior or you're someone who goes out five times a week and is a scratch golfer, correct? Absolutely. This tool, the ITQ, is for all amateur golfers of all skill levels. And, you know, last summer we had golfers try it out uh, with handicaps ranging from 7 to 33, ages 20 to 80 and male and female, and everybody loved it and said they would recommend it to others. And, you know, like, don't take my word for it. I mean, you can go on our website. We've got all the user reviews. We've got a great user review video. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you, know, you mentioned your website there, and that's where I was going before we let you go here. <clears throat> a number of PGA Class A pros have given very positive testimonials on this app. What's it like for you to hear such positive response and feedback? Well, I got to tell you, Adam, it's fantastic to hear such great response and feedback from the golf pros about this app because they know they can see how useful that's going to be for uh, for not only their students, but for all golfers when they're out on the golf course, you know, in the middle of the round. Like one of one of the golf pros on the website is quoted as saying, you know, golfers are always asking me for quick tips, you know, and that's true. And so now they're they're getting that access right on the course. So we're just we're just happy that you know it's able to to help everyone. I will mention though, uh, Adam, that you know the ITQ is a quick tip caddy, right? It's not a swing coach, so it's not meant to replace lessons. Yeah, and I think regardless of your skill level, if you're struggling on the golf course, all you need is that one quick tip, that one quick fix that can help you. Okay, this has been great to hear all this information for those listening, for those watching this online. Where can they get more information? Right. So as I mentioned before, our website, exonicgolf.com. So that's X-O-N-I-C-G-O-L-F.com. So our website has tons of information, a couple of great videos. Uh, Also, too, you can download the app directly. There's a 14-day free trial. Uh, You can go to the Apple App Store, Google Play, and just type in Exonic ITQ in the search. You can download that. I should mention, though, Adam, for those who aren't familiar with the Apple and Google uh, free trial process, the way it works is you download the app. You do need to pick a subscription um, uh, level. So either it's monthly or yearly, and it's just the way it works. So you have to pick that. Then you get your free trial. And if you don't want the subscription to start, you just just cancel it. It's easy to do in your phone. We've given you the instructions. Hopefully you don't want to cancel. I'm sure you won't. But if you do, it's very easy to do. So you can just cancel it if you don't want it to start. But the free trial, that's how you access it. So much great information. I can't wait to download this app myself. Eileen, thanks for your time today. And we'll see you soon on the golf course. Okay, that's great. Um, thanks so much. Take care. That was a pretty cool app by the sounds of it. You know what I like about it uh, is because you know me, Adam, like not a swing coach, I don't, not a PGA of Canada swing, uh, teaching instructor, but I, I'm like the Band-Aid king, right? Because I have a yes. homemade golf swing, and, and my golf swing's like answers are in the dirt. And you and I have played enough golf where I'll say to you, Adam, like, well, just do this, right? Try this, like with the, the, the tur- on your chipping. Just turn, turn, right? Like throw a Band-Aid at you or, you know what? You're standing too, your eyes are too far over the golf ball. Like try backing off an inch. You start, man. So I love little Band-Aids. And to me, this is what this sounds like. Electronic Band-Aids that are unique to you because not everybody swings a golf club the same way. Totally. And uh, like you're mentioning in the interview, like when you're on the golf course, you're, you're looking for one swing thought. If, if something's going awry, if it's your chipping, if it's your putting, if you're hitting it out of bounds on every tee shot, you're looking for one quick thing, one, you know, move your elbow in, you know, try, try to adjust something in, in some way, shape or form. And I think this app uh, is great for that. And Mark, I'm pretty impressed that you remember like every swing tip you've ever given me in my life in that 30 <laughs> second span there, as long as we've known each other. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with you right now. <laughs> Well, I don't try to get too involved unless I think I can help. Otherwise, I shut up. So I'm two for two on tips. So when there comes a third, you know. All I can tell you, Adam, is if I'm hitting it out of bounds on every hole, I'm walking in after three. 
So <laughs> go to the range, but no, I think you're, I think these are, uh, these are good things because as you said, uh, there's no, sometimes when you're standing over there and making a swing error, you think you're doing something that you're not doing. Right. And mm -hmm. this is probably something to give you a little advice and say, uh, no, that's not exactly the way you're swinging it. Bob, I was just going to say two things, what you, what you feel and what you do can be completely two different things. And the other thing I was going to say to you too, cause you and I have probably heard this like for decades because we have you know guys at the club that we've been golfing with and buddies and i'm really working on something i'm working on a new <laughs> move that I, and they think they are reconstructing you know the, the, like ripping it apart and then you look at their swing from <laughs> may to august and it looks exactly the same <laughs> Uh, all right. So well, uh, that's it. On the other side, we're going to get you caught up with 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We'll tee up hour two because we're going to have Bob Herrig uh, with his new book on Tiger and Phil. And we're going to jump into that. We're going to have winners, winners, winners. There's lots to get to. I also want to find out who in the Golf Talk Canada family has been physically on a golf course in Canada playing golf. We will get that update because I think there might just be one lone soldier. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back. Golf Talk Canada's Zakino Week Scully. Lots coming up in hour two. Bob Herrig, who is now with Sports Illustrated, of course, long time with ESPN. He has the new book with Tiger and Phil. Bob went one on one with him. We'll get into that when it was weird and what. Before we get to 20 weeks of TaylorMade news, Robert, have you been on a golf course in Canada physically playing golf yet this year? I have not, and I do not see it happening for the foreseeable future. I am at least a few weeks as I've got very firm rules on when I go outdoors to play golf. I, I am a delicate flower. I am like a uh, maybe something you just recently planted or something you want to plant and needs the right amount of sunlight, warmth or whatever, or it can die and, 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 and kind of just shrivel away. Have you been on and what's your cutoff for temperature? Like what will, what temperature and environment needs to happen for Bob weeks to go play golf? Uh, I have been on a golf course. I was on a golf course Friday, but I didn't play. I walked around St. George's golf club. Saint, uh, with uh, Mark Teske, who's an old high school buddy of mine, who was also the mm -hmm. chairman, St. George's chairman for the uh, upcoming RBC Canadian Open. We had a look at the course. We had a look mm -hmm. at the uh, structures, which are going up like crazy. Um, mm -hmm. It's amazing how big this is going to be. There are They have sold something like three times as many corporate areas as they had the last time they had the wow. Open. So it's absolutely massive. And uh, we got a big spot for uh, TSN, which we'll inform you guys a little bit later as we get closer to the tournament. Um, but in terms of playing, no, I have not played. I have threatened to um, take my clubs out and dust them off. I was We have an indoor facility where I play, so I've been hitting a few balls there. But I think I need like double digits. I think I need like a 10. 
on that thermometer and and that includes the wind chill like i'm not good with the wind that's the one that kills me but that's my stance right now i'm an old i'm, I'm an old you, guy yeah I, i'm i'm even more i need 12 degrees and no wind and preferably sun okay preferably sun so 12 sun no wind is my starting point you and I are, are doing a speaking engagement this Friday night, which is going to be fun. And Lawrence Applebaum's one of our guests. So we get to, we're going to, maybe you and I can uh, maybe find out more uh, to piggyback your uh, scouting report from yes. Friday about the comeback of the RBC Canadian Open and what they've gone through the last couple of years and the, the unknowns and, and, and dealing with the pandemic and border, border issues. And obviously this might be, by the sounds of it, the biggest one ever coming this summer which would be super cool uh looking forward to that and i can't tell you this i know there are big ts plant tsn plants for the entire week at the rbc canadian open there are details to come i can't tell you this golf talk canada will be on location every single day that's just a teaser it's going to be the biggest one yet okay scully have you been on a golf course playing golf in Ontario yet this year. Not only have I been on a golf course, I have played 18 holes outdoors. What? When? What? I play, uh, last uh, about 10 days ago now at, <laughs> in uh, just outside of London, Ontario at a place called Pine Knot. It was not warm. It was brisk. Did you think? Did it you, was breezy. Like, it it yeah. was, uh, there was some rain. Uh, we were battling. Oh. Uh, it didn't quite oh. snow. Is but, you know, you know, open like, at like, What's that, sorry? Is Bayview open? Bayview opens on Thursday. So okay. I have a couple of tee times planned this weekend. Highs of around 12. So right on your cutoff point there, Mark, I think yeah, there Mark, is you're some right wind. On the number. Yeah, but some wind in the forecast. So probably going to have to peel, have some layers on to peel off. First good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. But when I was playing at Pine Knot, I had the pants, I had the rain pants, I had four layers on top, I think. But you know those shots where you hit them a little thin and you can't yeah. feel your hands for a couple holes? Yes. I, I, I had a couple of yeah. those, yeah. Oh, but, oh but, Bob, but is, score... is Weston open? Sorry, what, Wednesdays. Oh. Wednesdays are Wednesday, opening Wednesday, your Wednesday? I'm yeah, the low, the low forecast Hunt... is minus one, so. <laughs> oh, it may be the Toronto opening Hunt... for the course, but it won't be the opening for Bob Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto Hunt opens today. So today is the opening day at the hunt. Okay, Scully, you were just going to – sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you. The score. You played okay? No, the, the score started with a seven. So some, Ooh, some things. Ooh, that's the way you kick off the season. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I, I spent – I sent you a video yesterday, Mark. I Like you were mentioning yes, before about – you, know, you know, those members who are so excited about this brand-new move. Well, I got this breathtakingly amazing swing tip on Friday. I was at the Swing Lab Performance and Therapy uh, with Michelle Lee. We ran her interview last week. She yes. gave me a swing tip that has, has quite honestly changed my life. Can you connect me with her, Adam? <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, I want to I connect with her. Um, also, I am starting. We got to get into this, too. I am starting the Stack speed training program i know i know if you guys are familiar with the stack speed training program we're going to do a deep dive on this this is nothing to do with sponsorship this is nothing, this is something i wanted to try because this to me i went i i did the speed training program with the speed sticks if you guys yep. remember a couple of years ago and i got my swing speed up to about 111 112 miles an hour which for me is very fast 
but it threw my sequencing completely out of whack. And I mean, I'm standing over a wedge swinging at it like a maniac on the golf course. It destroyed my golf swing. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. So I backed off. And when I backed off, my game kind of got back together, but and, but my swing speed kind of dropped back down too, uh, back, back down to that 107 range. So now I want to get it back up to that, you know, 111, 112, but I want to see if I can do it in a smarter way. And the stack system's supposed to be, it's much smarter. It comes with an app as well, and it, it builds a program for you. And it's a slower, smarter process. And it's unique to you, the individual, as opposed to a blanket. This is how you get faster. So starting the program this week, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to give you some information on where we started, how this works, da, da, da. And then we're going to maybe uh, take a deeper dive. So we'll get into that. Okay, Adam, before we go to break, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, what are we giving away this week? Yeah, a little later today, six dozen TP5, TP5X golf balls. Could be golf balls for the week, could be golf balls for the season, could be golf balls for life. Mark, how do you win? Follow Golf Talk Canada, Twitter, Instagram. Follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter, Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies, and you'll be in the draw to win. At some point, guys, later this year, we got to do a two-hour show when we're in studio together where we have no topics set. No audio. No. And we just, we just, because sure, this I guarantee is Seinfeld. you, it's the show about nothing, Bob. It is the show. But I guarantee you the wormholes that we fall and go down. I like it. Will be absolutely hilarious. Okay. On the other side, uh, hot new book just released officially. I think it was today, Bob. The tomorrow. official launch. Tomorrow. What, tomorrow? Tomorrow's actually, yeah. Okay, it is uh, about the Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson rivalry. It is a, a book about uh, the rivalry, the relationship, uh, when it, when there was friction, the easing of the relationship to you know, almost friendship. Uh, Bob uh, went one on one with the with the author Bob Herrig, who was uh, you know longtime broadcaster for ESPN, now with Sports Illustrated. We're going to take a deep dive on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Lots to get to. Winners, weird, and what? Leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, as there was a ton of golf. But uh, tomorrow, the book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, is released. The author, Bob Herring, uh, formerly of ESPN, now with Sports Illustrated, 
Uh, as Bob suggested earlier in the show, not many people out there as close to these two and to the last several decades of their achievements uh, on the golf course, relationship on and off, than Bob. Uh, our own Bob Weeks had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Bob Herring about the new book, what it took to put it together, and uh, this exciting new project. And here is Bob Herring, the author of uh, Just About to Be Released, released this week, uh, Tiger and Phil Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. And first of all, congratulations, Bob. It's uh, I'm, I know it's a long, took a long time and you had to battle through COVID and a lot right. of other things to put this book together. But just to start off, how would you describe the rivalry between Tiger and Phil? And, and how would you say it's evolved and changed over the years? Right. Well, thanks, Bob. I, uh, you know, I think the word fascinating in the title kind of helps describe it because it's, it's, there's a lot of parts to it. It's nuanced. You know, obviously we did not get the pleasure of all the head to head tiger Phil battles that maybe we would have wanted. You know, there really weren't a lot of those. I mean, I think there was only five final round pairings in, in majors uh, between them, which, you know, is kind of our bad luck. I think (laughs) That it, that it was only that few. And yet they contended in a bunch of majors at the same time. You know, four of, of, uh, of Phil's six, Tiger was right there with a chance. You know, and Phil had a great chance to disrupt the Tiger Slam in 2001. I think a, a lot of people forget that because Phil didn't finish second, but he played in the last group with Tiger and was right with them through about 12 holes. So their their rivalry's nuanced. I mean, Tiger was younger than Phil. When 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 Phil was in college, he wouldn't have been thinking about Tiger Woods, you know. And he was the guy back then. You know, he won three NCAA titles at Arizona State. He won a U.S. Am. He actually won a tour event as an amateur. Tiger never did that, you know. So Tiger might have been actually looking up to Phil a little bit in those days. And then Phil gets on tour, and he won nine times before Tiger even turned pro. So he had, a, he had a head start, and yet Tiger kind of blew by him really quickly, which created some tension, you know, and uh, there was a lot of tension. I'd say for a good 15 years there was tension, and uh, they mellowed, you know, but it, it, given the current state of things, I'm not so sure they're buddies again. I mean, I, they're, they're on the opposite side of this, uh, you know, the, the rival golf league issue, and and I'm not sure Tiger's reaching out to Phil with, with any condolences at this moment. So, I, you know, I kind of think that in some ways we might be back to where we were a little bit. It seems to me that whether it's fans or whether it's some of their, their peers on the PGA Tour, there's always kind of been Phil guys and Tiger mm-hmm. guys and Phil fans and Tiger fans. But there's rarely both, is there? There's not a lot of people who are sort of in, in both camps, it seems. You know, I think maybe that might have occurred later. You know, when 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 Tiger was out last year, you know, I I don't necessarily think Tiger fans were rooting against Phil at the PGA Championship. You know, I it's sort of I I, I don't sense that. Now, maybe 15 years ago they would have been, uh, and certainly one would pick the other going against each other. But you're right; there were Tiger people, there were Phil people, and I think. I think some of that bothered Tiger a little bit and that Phil was incredibly popular when Tiger was beating him a lot. You know, Phil was the, the, the gregarious guy smiling, waving thumbs up, you know, looking at you signing a lot of autographs, completely the opposite of Tiger 
who was very, very uh, intense, focused, blinders on, didn't look at people, didn't acknowledge the crowd much, was far less into signing autographs. And, you know, Phil, I, I don't know if it was conscious or not, but Phil used that to his advantage. Remember, it, uh, you know, way back at that U.S. Open at Bethpage, Tiger won, but Phil was the people's champion that week. They loved him. And I think at times that, that bothered Tiger. You know, it's like, why is he getting all this love? And I'm the one who's, who's you know, kicking his tail. Uh, and, yet, and yet I think over time, uh, sort of like with Jack and Arnie, you know, people came to, to appreciate and love Jack just as much. <laughs> Same and same with Tiger, you know, especially through all of his all of his, you know, his his troubles, his injuries and and, and then the comeback. There seemed to be some sort of uh, I don't know if you want to call it pettiness or off course stuff. You you relay a couple of really good items in the book, one about Tiger and the scoring 10 after Rich Beam wins the PGA. And then uh, another time where they the two of them actually played a practice round and Phil took some money off it. Can you, can right. you walk us through those as sort of examples of parts of this relationship that maybe fans don't know? Right. You know, I, I think I tried to highlight things that were sort and you said it petty. They were made some, somewhat juvenile or, you know, in the overall scheme of things, not all that significant, probably certainly not egregious. There was a, maybe a couple of egregious examples that was that involved Steve Williams, Tiger's caddy. You know, he called out Phil pretty hard one time, but the one you referenced about the, about the bet was, uh, way back in 1998, they were playing a practice round in advance of the LA open. And first of all, it was kind of interesting. They were playing a practice round together and they had, they had a, a, a wager of some sort. And, and Phil has relished telling this story, which is why I think probably maybe Tiger didn't like it so much. I mean, maybe he was fine with what happened, but Phil won $500. Tiger gave him five $100 bills. Phil, not satisfied with the bragging rights and the money, actually took a photo of the, of the $100 bills, wrote a note to Tiger saying, uh, you know, dear Tiger, you know, these Benjis are very happy in their new home. Thanks, Phil. And he put it in his locker. Now, coincidence or not, they never played a practice round again for 20 years. Not until the 2018 Masters. And if you remember that, it was like epic that they were playing a practice round together created more buzz than, than certain things during the tournament that week. Uh, so I'm not sure if that was the reason why it never happened again. I mean, there's probably other reasons, but I don't think that helped. And it just does kind of point out some, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but yet there was friction between them at times. Uh, the, the bridge beam story was Phil sort of stepping on tiger's neck when it was, it seemed like a weird time to do it. And of course, Tiger would have maybe never thought anybody would ever have heard about it, but that's the story got out that after, after Rich Beam won the 2002 PGA at Hazeltine, in which Tiger birdied the last four holes to make it interesting. Beam had a six shot lead. Tiger birdied four in a row, playing the group in front, pulled within two. Now Beam had to kind of sweat it out a little bit on 18. And he, and he did. He was a little shaky coming in. He made a bogey to win by one. Tiger was in the group in front with uh, Fred Funk as his partner. And when, when, when he holed out, he, he stood up and did a fist pump and, and, and basically was like showed excitement that Beam had won. And Fred Funk couldn't believe it. What are you doing? He, he just won. You know, he's like, he goes, I don't care. That's Rich Beam one, Phil Mickelson zero. And he walked out. Now, Phil wasn't even in the mix. But I think that the point is, is that Tiger sort of relished keeping Phil down. 
And he knew that Rich Beam wasn't going to go on and win a ton of majors, but he knew that Phil could. And at that time, it was eight to zero in majors, Tiger to Phil. And, and that's why, and I wrote a whole chapter on this, the Ryder Cup pairing in 2004. While, believe it or not, I, I defend Hal Sutton on this. There was a lot of people that thought it was a great idea going in. But in retrospect, if you look at the big picture, it, it wasn't a great idea because they were never going to be collaborative at, at that time. And everybody who was there noticed the body language and how they just, you know, they didn't mesh. And when things started to go wrong, instead of helping each other, they went their own separate ways, you know, and, and, and it led to one of the worst U.S. defeats in the Ryder Cup. So, um, you know, at, th- at those times, it was, it, it was going to be tough for those guys to be, to be pals. Hal Sutton could have looked like a genius if those guys had produced, I'm sure, that day. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing. You know, they still could have, and it would have looked brilliant, but uh, they didn't. And, you know, Sutton actually, you know, kind of suffered the consequences for that for a long time, really unfairly, actually. You know, it's the Ryder Cup. Mistakes are made. Uh, but uh, that, uh, that, that one did not work out. You follow these guys as long as anybody. You've been close to them both in certain ways, as close as a journalist is going to get to them. Mm-hmm. Anything that you discovered in writing this book that kind of surprised you? You know, I think the Hal Sutton thing about how much that affected him surprised me. You know, that, that, that was something that was revealing to me uh, in, in the course of this, because I interviewed him for the book. And, you know, there's, there's still a good bit of, of you know, angst from him over the whole thing. Cause it, cause he caught so much grief for it. And his feeling was, is look, why can't these guys just go out there and play golf? You know, they should have, you know, I made some comment about, to him about, you know, remember there's all the controversy about the golf ball and, you know, Phil couldn't play Tiger's ball and, and Sutton basically interrupted. I don't care what ball he was playing. It should have been able to get it in the fairway on 18 that in that second match. Um, you know, uh, uh, some other things, um, you know, Phil, Phil was quite the guy who had, who had the needle out. And there was a, a great story I learned that I had never heard where uh, back at the Brit- the last time the Open was at Royal St. George's when Darren Clark won. Uh, and actually, Phil was in contention that week. There, there, was a, there was a middling tour player named Michael Clark who was watching on TV. And I told the story in the book, Phil hit some incredible pitch shot that sucked back and, you know, had, had from a, from close range. And, you know, at that time there was still a lot of talk about the, 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 the grooves rule and, you know, they, they had been grandfathered in and then the tour players couldn't use a certain kind of square grooves in their wedges. And Clark just couldn't believe that shot. So at the next tournament, which happened to be Hartford, he went to the rules officials and asked for Phil's clubs to be checked, which was allowed. I mean, if you thought a guy was, didn't have conforming clubs, you could do that. Phil, Phil didn't take too kindly to that. The clubs did pass, by the way. And it's supposed to be anonymous, but he found out. He found out who it was. So Phil, being Phil, said, here we are again, another locker room note story. He wrote a note to Michael Clark in which he said, you know, dear Michael, thanks for your concern about my clubs. Good luck at Q school this year, Phil (laughs) put it in his locker. And I, you know, as it turned out, Michael Clark did have to return to Q school that year and he didn't make it. So, you know, so that's a, that's a little harsh, right? But I mean, that's what we're talking about. There was some good little money stories, Phil gambling, 
look, you know, I, I address the Phil gambling SEC stuff with the government just from what's been out there, the facts, what's reported. But I used it as a way to get into there was sort of a fun side of Phil in, in golf gambling. Now, you know, maybe that's not going to come ultimately be the case as we find out down the road. But he had some incredible like Tuesday matches with people. Uh, and I highlight one at the Masters one year where John Houston was his partner. And they were playing against John Daly and whoever John Daly wanted to bring. And Daly brought out Tim, Har- Tim Heron and said, I will cover him. And they got to the 18th hole, and, and, and the match was closed out. So Daly asked for double or nothing. And, and they, of course, agreed. And I don't know. The, I think the number w- that is, was at stake for that day was relatively mild, $3,000, but still. So they're playing best ball, and Daly, Daly happens to hit his second shot on 18 and spins it back to a front pin to, like, tap and range for a birdie. Think, you know, and the, and, 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 uh, Phil's out of the hole. And so or he's, you know, he's not going to make birdie. So if Daly's thinking, you know, we're going to, we're going to at least get our money back or break even John Houston steps up and knocks it in for Eagle. <laughs> and so, so the 3000 goes to 6,000 and then they play Daly wants more of them. He want, they come back out the next day. He brings David Duvall this day. And on the back nine, um, Phil Eagle, both par fives at Augusta 13 and 15 and Houston birdied the other seven holes. They played a best ball 25. Obviously they cleaned them, cleaned them out. And the amount Houston told me the whole story. He said the amount was like around 17 or $18,000. And the way it worked was you had to pay off in cash that day. So Daly has to go to the bank and get the money. And he comes chugging down Magnolia lane. The old driving range was next to Magnolia lane. He's got a, a grocery bag full of money that he walks out to fill onto the range, you know? So like there's, there's those stories to me are kind of fun, you know? And, uh, and t- yet tiger w- w- never engaged in that kind of stuff. Really? That would not that we know of, right. you know, he was more of a loner in practice rounds. You know, he played a lot of practice rounds by himself uh, or, or with, you know, guys that were really in his circle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we let you go question for you, when do you think we're going to see either one of these guys next? Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. I mean, you know, I, I would have never thought we'd have seen tiger and not Phil at the masters. And that could be the case again at the PGA. You know, I think tiger is, is just a, it's going to be sort of, as he called the game time decision again, I think he's going to wait and see, you know, he's already committed to the open, which is a great sign. You'd think he'd want to play once before then, maybe twice. But does he, does he, does he run the, into the issue of possibly a setback? Does he pick a tour event instead of a major, you know, to play instead? I guess that's possible too. Phil is an un- incredible mystery at this point. I mean, I just wrote about it this week. You know, it, we've basically gone two months without hearing from him. He hasn't played since the beginning of February. I think he has to come out and say, if he comes back to the PGA, he needs to do some sort of media before it. Otherwise it just becomes a circus there. And, and that's really kind of unfair to the tournament. And remember tiger did his first big news conference at the masters in 2010, but yet he had done media before that he did his thing in Ponte Vedra. No questions. Obviously he did a couple of TV interviews, but at least he had spoken, you know, we knew a little bit. I think Phil needs to do something like that too, before he comes back. 
Otherwise it comes, that, that becomes the story. And then um, I'm not sure that's good either. I, you know, I hope he does come back. I hope there's a way back for him. Um, you know, he, he, we should be celebrating that PGA win still. Instead, it's, it's been dwarfed by, by what's going on off the course, understandably. Yeah, exactly. Sort of sad. The book is Tiger and Phil Golf's most fascinating rivalry. It is essentially on sale across bookstores in Canada right now and online as well. Uh, Bob, always good to talk to you. Always good to see you. It was good to see you at the players and the masters this year. And I look forward to seeing you down the road at the PGA championship. Excellent. Thank you, Bob. Wow. I mean, I, if you, I need to have this book now. I mean, I might get on, on Amazon when the show's over and get it delivered immediately because, I mean, so much to unpack there. Um, we'll do it. Let's just do it on the other side. Uh, we'll jump into it, the three of us. What, what surprises you? Uh, I want to know uh, from Bob what, what, uh, what stood out immediately, Bob, uh, in the interview. We'll jump into it next. He goes a deep dive. It's a long career. It's a long rivalry that has changed and morphed. And, maybe has landed in a spot closer to where it originally started the relationship due to recent uh, recent uh, behavior of, of Phil Mickelson. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. If you're just joining us, we just played uh, an extended interview with Bob and Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated with the new book on Tiger and Phil. I mean... Weeksy, there's so much to unpack there. What what caught you off guard the most, or what did you find most surprising about what you uh, what you pulled from Bob? Uh, I guess some of the some of the depth of the stories that he got and was able to get out of some of the people. Um, Though the gambling stories are not a huge surprise, but they're they're so interesting and intriguing. And I think the the overall sense that you know this this relationship is has had some strong points to it. But I think in more recent years, they almost realized that they could, they were sort of better together. That's why you had the match. Remember they played for that Vegas for the $9 million. And I don't know where it is now. It's sort of, it's sort of this ebb and flow of a relationship they've had over the years. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I feel like it's almost come back to where it started in a sense, maybe not to that degree, but you heard Bob there in the interview say he doesn't think you know, Tiger's picking up the phone, reaching out to Phil right now, based based on recent uh, recent behavior, and the fact that we should really still be celebrating uh, that PGA Championship, and instead we don't even know if he's going to defend his title. Um, you know, it rem- I, I, Adam, he said something in there too that that reminded me too. You know, we laugh now, we look back and we laugh at the Tiger Phil pairing at the Ryder Cup, um, but at the time. For every person that, that said it was a mistake and wanted to throw Hal Sutton under the bus, there was another person there thinking this was a great idea, that you were sending out Jack and Arnie, off you go. And people forget that. They totally do. And, and you know, that, that Ryder Cup pairing, looking back now, uh, it's, it's crazy to think. I mean, if they had gone on to win a match together, 
who knows? Maybe that would have been a Ryder Cup duo for years to come. Uh, look, look, or listening to to that interview, I should say, the story about Rich Beam and Tiger Woods was wild, quite mind-boggling to say the least. That's for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, we, I always knew there was a rivalry. I knew, always knew there was friction, but I never realized, Bob, that that Phil was on Tiger's radar as much as he was. You know, Tiger was on everybody else's radar. But I never had that feeling or never felt that, you know, Tiger, almost in a way, Bob, had an anybody but Phil mentality to a, yes, to a certain degree. I agree. It certainly seemed like that. That was an unusual part of it. And you always just sort of thought that Tiger was above on this pedestal and everybody else was down below, whether it was VJ or Ernie or Phil or whoever it was, Retief in those days. Um, but and, and the other thing, too, is there's there's sort of been a – there's always been Tiger people and Phil people. <laughs> Jeff McDonald, <laughs> our boss right. here at the radio station, he's a hardcore Tiger person. I have a good friend who's a hardcore Phil person, and they never really seem to come together, those people. You, you kind of liked one or the other. It, it's so weird because I always love Phil because, obviously, he's a lefty, and I love the way he plays. And inside 50 yards, I see the same. I see the game the same way that Phil sees the game inside 50 yards. Like everything for me is high and it's floppy, and it's I don't put the, I don't play the ball on the ground very often, so I could relate to Phil. But I was one of those rare people that, you know, I I, I how like how do you not appreciate Tiger and love what Tiger does? And I do think there's more people like me in the latter half of their career, uh, guys, like in, in the beginning, you were one or the other and this, but as their relationship transformed into this kinder, more respected relationship to your point, Bob, where they realized they were better together. I think the fan base might've, or at least a portion of the fan base started to morph a little bit more the way, you know, I think about it or, or, or I look at it in a way. It's very interesting. Uh, we could go on this forever, and maybe we'll circle back on this as more stories come out and as more reaction comes out to the book, and certainly we get some news from Phil and Tiger we're expecting. In the next few weeks, we're going to have to learn something about both of these guys in the next couple of weeks. But the one thing that, we, that unfortunately, and he's tarnished his reputation forever now, Phil, but we'll forget, to, to, to Bob's point in this book, you know, Mickelson was winning these majors and doing these things when Tiger was at his peak when, you know, and there's not many guys that were able to compile, you know, uh, six major golf championships uh, in their career going toe to toe with Tiger Woods. It didn't happen. If you look at the other contemporaries, like, you know, what does Ernie else have three? Uh, VJ has uh, three as well. Does VJ have three as well, Bob? VJ's got Forgetting three. Forgetting his. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Ernie's got three. So, I mean, we don't have contemporaries. And VJ's saying number one player in the world. You know, Duvall had one. Okay? Yeah. I mean, the contemporaries to Tiger Woods never accumulated six majors. Phil Mickelson did. So, on the other side, winners, weird and what, three dub, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs 
in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is that time. It is winners, weird and what, the good, the bad, the ugly in the world of golf. And this week, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. I got to say, if I can hit 348, 12 degrees in, in breezy conditions this weekend, that's going to be a borderline miracle. But anyway, I digress. My winner this week Adam Hadwood and Adam Svensson were partners, team Adam, the Adams family, at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. But they did something fun on social media with the International Presence Cup um, team where they played a hole blindfolded. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever tried to do this. I personally have not. They were able to make contact and actually did okay for the most part until they got on the green, and that's where it became a bit of an issue. But, Bob, have you ever tried playing golf? Blindfolded. I have not, but I I have not, but I will tell you a story. Uh, George Newton once went out at Glen Abbey in the early days of Glen Abbey with this uh, sports psychologist by the name of Dr. Richard Lanetto. He got set up behind every shot, so he basically took a position, and then they pulled the cover over his eyes, and he hit every swing, and he shot two over par. So. Wow. That's the story, anyway. What? So, but wow. by judging, but looking at that video of the two Adams, it looked like that might have been impossible. Now they they didn't get to line up; they were blindfolded before they started, which may make a big difference. So, totally, yeah. It, it was, it, but it's great to see the personalities of both these guys. And uh, one little side note: I actually caddied for a blind guy once when I used to caddy back in the day, which was which was a very cool experience, uh, I, I must say. Okay, my weird this week. You know me, I, I like watching, well, maybe I shouldn't say it, I like watching. I have watched Bryson DeChambeau's YouTube channel uh, every once in a while, and he puts out these videos on a week in the life on the PGA Tour. I think this is what the, the Netflix series is going to be, something similar to that uh, sort of degree. But Bryson, uh, this week in particular, was at the Valero Texas Open uh, when he's making his comeback a week before the Masters, and obviously didn't have a great week at the Valero Texas Open, but he said one line that really stuck out to me. He said, I'm trying to take as much rhythm out of the golf swing as possible. That is a direct quote from Bryson DeChambeau. Mark, I know you're embarking on this great new swing training journey. I hope you keep rhythm in your golf swing. Just, I just want to say that to you. I mean, it's so weird, Adam. It's, it's, I find it so interesting all the different brains that look at the game. Like Bryson is really kind of looks at the game as a mathematical equation. It's science in numbers. And in a way he's just saying like, feel like I'm almost re removing feel from the process. Like everything's a clock and everything's speed and everything's science. Listen, I, who knows? I don't I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I see a shot, I hit a shot. Some days I see it and I hit it. And some days I don't, I mean, who knows what's going on in that brain, but that is bizarre. Yeah, it's certainly bizarre, but uh, Bryson being Bryson. Okay, my what this week, what can we expect from Nota Begay III when he makes his Champions Tour debut a little later this year? Now, he hasn't played an official event on the PGA Tour, of course, since the 2000 Tour Championship. So he hasn't played much golf as of late. He's done a lot of job. He's done a pretty good job commentating for a, a number of years now as an on-course reporter. Uh, with Golf Channel NBC, obviously was a college teammate of Tiger Woods. He is also going to play in U.S. Open qualifying. 
So he'll get some reps in before, but Bob, any inkling on what we can expect from, from Noda Begay? I don't know. I remember Noda had, uh, for a while, was using the, the two-sided putting, right? He would putt left-handed for long putts and or break, wow. break certain ways and the other way, so it'd be interesting to see. He was a pretty good golfer in his day, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. Sometimes these guys, when they hit 50, they sometimes even play better than they did when they were in their prime. That's right. I'm really curious to see what happens with Noda Begay when he makes his Champions Tour debut. Okay, that's it for me. Bob, now the tee is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, gents, my winner this week is uh, a guy who finally got something done after 10 years at the job. 10 years ago, Dustin Johnson proposed to Paulina Gretzky. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she managed to hold him off for 10 years. And they finally tied the knot on the weekend. And it was a um, pretty much the royal wedding when you think about it. There's Dustin Johnson marrying the, uh, the daughter of the greatest hockey player to ever play. And I gather it was a pretty lush affair. It was in Tennessee. They did a good job. They apparently told everyone no phones at the wedding or at the reception. There were a couple of sort of official ones on uh, Paulina's Instagram, of course. There was one of Wayne waiting for his daughter to get out of the car, and he was going to walk her down the aisle, and that was all nice and misty. But uh, anyway, we'll have to wait for the, the official reports on exactly what happened. But they are now a wedded couple, so good for Dustin and Paulina. What do you think about that, Skulls? Well, it's a long time coming. I remember telling, you know, people would ask, oh, yeah, DJ's married to Paulina Gretzky. No, they've just been engaged forever. But now they, they tie the knot. And I know, Bob, there's a clip on social media of, uh, I think it was DJ's handwriting towards yeah. Paulina. That, I, I don't know if DJ actually wrote that himself. If he did, that'd be <laughs> interesting. There was a message with some flowers. Yeah, I don't yes. know if he does. I'll have to ask him about that the next time. And uh, he told me once, by the way, off sort of in, in passing, that it was never – he was the one who always wanted to get married, and she was the one who was delaying things. But anyway, really? it's all done. My weird this week – Bob, before yeah. we leave this, very quickly, yeah. <laughs> because you mentioned Paulina. She's got – you know, she's on Instagram all the time. Like, you know, she's right up there. But do you ever wonder where she carries her phone? Because, you know, I always look at Paulina <laughs> – and the way she's typically dressed, and she looks fantastic. I'm not taking any uh, remarks on the way she looks. She's a beautiful woman. I'm just curious, how do? You, where's the phone go, Bob? She must she have probably, a full-time phone carrier. I, I was going to say, well, DJ's got his brother to carry his golf bag, and Paulina's got a phone caddy. There you go. <laughs> uh, my weird this week is Jordan Spieth. And Jordan Spieth was on an ESPN podcast this week, or an interview. And he, among other things, talking about his win... He talked about his diaper strategy. Mm. You know he is a new father. We saw the baby uh, running onto the, well, being carried on by a running mother onto the green, which created a lot of uh, controversy in itself. But here's what Dustin, or here's what Jordan Spieth said about his diaper strategy. He says, and you could, you could, if you switch the word diaper for golf club, you could, you could make, this could be a golf thing. He said, I believe in my ability as a diaper changer. I go for speed <laughs> over quality. We get it on there fast. That's what his exact <laughs> words were when it comes to diapers. I don't know. I don't know how much experience you two guys have had changing diapers, but uh, speed over quality, mm, that doesn't work necessarily. I think you need them both. So anyway, and my what this week is, we know that uh, this week there was a controversy over uh, the RNA perhaps giving out a 
Um, I won't I won't spoil it because I know this is coming up. A special exemption, yeah. A special exemption into the Open Championship. Well, I'm here to report that that has happened. The exemption has been given, and Mark Kalkovecchia will tee it up <laughs> in the Open Championship. Uh, he played last week, by the way, on the Champions Tour. He t- played his 1,000th uh, PGA Tour event, and of all all different tours and circuits. Uh, so the, you know the rule is that you you have to be 60 or under to get your pass into the Open Championship. Mark Kalkovecchi is already 61, but the year that he was going to be he'll be 62 by the time he tees it up. But with the year he was 60, there was no Open Championship, and last year he had back surgery, so he wrote a long letter, asked for the special exemption, and they said, "Yep, yeah, no problem." In fact, they gave it to him within a week. So. Wow. I don't know what that's going to say, but it might have a bearing on what we're going to hear from in a moment here, I think, from Mark. (laughs) The tea is yours, Mark. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Bob, you know I always like cheering for the older guys. How do you not like Jay Haas this week? Jay Haas playing golf with his son, Bill. What a nice story uh, at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. And... Jay Haas buries a four-and-a-half-footer on Friday afternoon that he needs to make to play it to the weekend. He becomes the oldest player in PGA Tour history to make the cut in a PGA Tour event, and it's his 593rd uh, career weekend making the cut in a PGA Tour event. Ten years, Bob, after his last start on the PGA Tour. Pretty cool story. I love Jay Haas. I love Bill Haas. They are very, very classy people, and you can't help but cheer for them. So that was nice. It was uh, looks like the old father-son championship. They were playing together, and they did pretty it well. Did. <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, the PNC. It's like they were hanging out at the PNC, this time only in New Orleans. Okay, we always love to talk about how the DP World Tour is just different. The European Tour, it's just different. they got a different way of doing things. Well, in the age of guys in the gym and in the age of uh, 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 of guys drinking green shakes and and licking tofu as a diet plan, you gotta love Pablo Larrazabal, who won this weekend on the DP World Tour. It's his second win in quite some time. He's had a real resurgence of his career. But Adam, it's what he was doing while he was waiting for the playoff. Now I have spent some time on the road this year, and I've been with guys. As they are waiting to see, uh, Scotty Scheffler comes to mind at Bay Hill. We didn't know if Scotty was going to win. I'm at the range waiting with Scheffler, and Scheffler's going through a warm-up routine, a stretching routine, trying to wait to see, has he won the Arnold Palmer or somebody coming in uh, late with a few holes left? Are they are they going to you know knock him off the pedestal? Not, ho- not Pablo Larazabal. You know what he did? He hung out in a beanbag chair for like an hour. And just sat there in a big in a beanbag chair. You have to love the European tour, Adam. Yeah, you, you know he's relaxing. He's visualizing. He's getting ready to for the potential of a playoff. I should say at the 2019 Open Championship at Royal Porush, there are a number of great beanbag chairs, sort of for the patrons, for the fans. And one of us in our group might have had a few too many libations the night before and might have taken a nap there. That was not me. That was not me. But someone in our group might have used that beanbag wow. chair for that. Well. It, well, it, in the defense of Pablo, they are they are a relaxing sit, but you know, I, you know, forget no stretching, no warm up, no, just a beanbag chair. And my what? On the heels of 
Bob's uh, announcement regarding Mark Kalkavecchia and a well-deserved special exemption because there was reasons stopping Kalk from trying to compete uh, in the Open Championship. The complete opposite in the I just want to be uh, an a-hole and the thorn in the side of the world of golf, Greg Norman, like, is it just... Is he ever just going to go away? I don't know. Greg Norman applying for a special exemption into the Open Championship. He is 67 years old. He is seven years past the window. Bob, when's the last time you would have deemed Greg Norman active? Like truly active at any level? A decade ago? Like yeah, when, when has he played? Ten years, right? I don't. I don't remember him playing any Champions Tour events. He may have played something on there. Maybe he played a couple of Senior Opens or Senior Majors. But right. I certainly don't recall him being consistently active on right. the Champions Tour. It's, so that would put it back seventeen, almost twenty years ago now. Almost twenty years. So why is he asking for this exemption to the Open Championship? What could be the only reasoning that he would want a special exemption seven years later is to use the spotlight of the hundred and fiftieth Open Championship to shine it on his blood money circuit. That's the only reason. And it sounds like the RNA wants nothing to do with it. Thank God they're going to stuff him back in his closet where he belongs. So. They were very good. They gave they gave a response that uh, didn't mention him by name, but essentially mentioned him by name and saying, mm, "Sorry, we don't give spe- any more. Spe- we're not expected to give any more special exemptions this year." I love it. All right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on all the leaderboards in the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. There was a ton of golf this week across the planet. So let's get you some leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in all of golf. Visit bushnellgolf.com for all your rangefinder GPS needs on the golf course. On the LPGA Tour, NASA Hataoka in a parade over Hannah Green in L.A., uh, a rare miscut for Brooke Henderson. Maybe Brooke's still not 100%. Uh, wasn't feeling well coming off the WD, but Nasa Hatayoka, 15 under par. That's a five-shot win. You heard it in Winners Weird and What. Pablo Larrazabal gets the win. Congratulations to him. That's his second win in just uh, about a month or so. A real resurgence to his career. Congratulations to him on the DP World Tour. Scott Perrell. A three-man playoff, PGA Tour champions. 
That's over Gene Sowers and Stephen Alker. Scott Perel, his fourth career victory on PGA Tour Champions. He gets it done with a par in the first playoff hole. That's at the Club Corp Classic. PGA Tour Latino America. Jaime Lopez Riviola, 20 under par. That's a win for him on PGA Tour Latino America and the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. Patrick Cantley could have been his third or fourth win of the year. Instead, he finally breaks the seal. It's his first victory of the year alongside Xander Shoffley, who's finally back in the winner's circle as well. They win in a parade, technically a two-shot win, but they had this from day one with the 59 on Thursday. They win it over Sam Burns and Billy Horschel, and that puts Mr. Weeks on the winner's board when it comes to the TSN Edge standings for the year. We're back with you Wednesday, TSN TV, 1 p.m. Bob, myself, and Adam will have our edge picks for this week. We'll have more to dive into for Golf Talk Canada Television. We're back here next Monday for GTC Radio, same time, same channel, 10 to 12. Uh, whether you're listening on TSN 1050 or iHeartRadio, 20 weeks of TaylorMade back this week. You still have a time to win. you got to follow Golf Talk Canada and TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter and Instagram for your chance to win. Six dozen TP5 or TP5X going to the winner this week. We'll announce the winner on social media tomorrow evening and on uh, Wednesday's uh, TV show. Uh, And, of course, the grand prize this year, the grand prize for anybody following Golf Talk Canada on social media and TaylorMade Canada on social media. If you follow us, you have a chance through the bag, custom fit, Top to bottom, get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. You walk out of the lab at TaylorMade, head-to-toe Tour Pro, and a trip for you and another person, another player, to Casa de Campo, Dominican Republic. It is your room. It is your food. It is your booze. It is your golf. Stay and play for two. The grand prize alone, over $10,000, and we're giving away over thirty grand throughout the entire year on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Bob, I will see you um, tomorrow for TV. And Friday night, I'm looking forward to at the Toronto Hunt Club, our speaking engagement. That's going to be a blast. Adam, I'm going to see you tomorrow for TV. And I am going to probably talk your ear off for a good 15, 20 minutes about my uh, stack workout. Because I I think I might have my first, yeah, I might have my first workout under my belt. And you know how workouts in me usually go. Not so well. (laughs) Guys, always a pleasure. We'll see you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.